Welcome to the Heart Centered Entrepreneur Podcast. I want you to be rich. Yes, I want abundant financial success for your business. But I don't just care about your business making money. I care about you too. I want you to be rich in happiness, in the impact you make, in your relationships, and in how you give back. I'm Anna. I built my six-figure business as a side hustle while I was pregnant with my daughter in 2016. Now I've helped dozens of women do the same. I'm here to help you build a profitable, heart-centered, fully booked business with the latest tips on sales and visibility, with proven mindset hacks, and sneak peeks behind the scenes with what's working right now in the online space and in my business. Ready to make more money with heart? Let's go. Today, I want to talk to you about when things take longer than we'd like them to. I have a story. (laughs) So many of you guys know I'm a single mama to two beautiful, beautiful, amazing kids. Um, And so for me, I knew I had to find um, childcare this summer for my kids, a little bit less than normal school hours, but I still wanted childcare this summer so that I could um, keep working. Cause I know for me as a mama, because I spend so much time with my kids, um, when I'm, and this took me a long time to own that I like working, but when I work, I'm a happier mama. It is always going to be a priority to me while my kids are small to work part-time hours, to work about 20 hours a week right in there. Um, but I know that like when I'm able to work, number one, it brings in money for our family, but also it fulfills me deeply. And I'm a happier, present, more patient mom when I'm working and doing things outside of motherhood that fulfills me. This took me a long time to own. I actually did a podcast episode with my friend, Sarah, where I share with her my decision to hire a nanny for five hours a week at the start of my business and why that was such like a crisis for me because I had to own that I was a working mom. And it sounds crazy, but even in some of my past careers, I was able to really keep my kids with me a lot. And so I never really owned the identity of being a working mom and or liking work. My mom was a stay-at-home mom for a lot of my childhood, which I think is fantastic, right? But I carried a lot of like, I don't know, like subconscious guilt around like liking, enjoying work. Um, And I really feel like when I had two kids and had my business, I was really forced to face the fact that, you know, I first, I kind of like multitask my kids for the first part of my business, which is fine. Right. But, um, it came to a point where like, I realized I was like kind of punching my kids as I was growing my business. What I mean by that is like, if they wouldn't nap, I would be frustrated with them. Cause that was my working time. You know what I mean? Instead of realizing like, no, it makes sense to hire a nanny for five hours a week so that my children can be watched in a, with a safe adult. And then for the other hours I can be with them. Right. And I can fully be present and not be multitasking. Um, and then obviously like as they grew and got older and got less dependent on me, as I stopped breastfeeding, all those things, like then I had more and more childcare. Right. But I remember just that like season and chapter of really feeling a lot of guilt around liking working and enjoying working. And so anyway, that's just a bonus story, but I hope that that hits someone and helps someone if you're in that part of negotiating and figuring. And I would say too, like as a mama, this is something we negotiated every chapter and change in our lives. Right. I really try to ask myself for the next three months for the next six months. What do my kids need of me and how can I show up best for them and show up best for myself too, right? Because I think as kids grow, they need different things. And my kids right now probably need different things than they'll need when they're older, right? And they need different things now than when they were younger. Um, But I remember my, my parents told me like, that's what they did every school year is like really ask God and pray like, okay, what do our kids need this year? And I really kind of like taken that practice in a different way and ask myself, okay, what do we need for this next year? 
where should I put them in school for their, this next year, right? What should I do for childcare for this next year, for these next three months, whatever it is. Um, and then giving myself permission to do that and go all in on that, right? Like right now I'm working about 20 hours a week, but maybe as my kids grow and become adults, maybe I'll work 40 hours a week. I don't know, you know, um, but it's just giving yourself that flexibility there. And um, in committing to that and owning what works for you, right? A lot of my clients have little babies. And so they really do work about five to 10 hours a week. Others of my clients work 40 hours a week, whether they're a mom or not, right? And so I think it, we really look for the formula instead of looking for within and asking ourselves, like, what do I want? How many hours do I want to work personally? What hours do I want to show up for my kids? Because then when you come to your coach, when do you come to your support? network, then they know how to support you around that, right? If my client comes to me and says, Hey, I got five hours this week, help me maximize them. I can be like, great, let's do it. Right. If my client comes to me and says, I've got 30 hours this week, I can do that. Right. But it really is dependent on you to decide what you want, what you desire. Right. Um, and I think like a fun journaling prompt for this too, if you're struggling on this is like, obviously like money is a factor, right? But you can even ask yourself if money weren't a factor, how much would I want to be working? Like what would my dream schedule be, right? And even if you don't have kids, asking yourself, a lot of my clients that don't have kids, right? Really struggle with like, do I deserve to like take time off and do these things even? Yes, you do, right? And so really asking yourself in this next chapter for these next 90 days, how many hours a week do I want to be working? What days of the week do I want those hours to fall, right? Even more minute than that, like when those hours fall, which of the days do I want to be more like marketing activities? Which do I want to be more client calls? Which do I want to be sales calls, right? I have a workbook on this called like my profitable dream week and it really walks you through this. But I think it's so useful to ask yourself, like what do I most want um, from the get-go? Okay, all that to say, here's my story from today. So... I am a working mama, right? And even in the summer, I have my kids in childcare about, let's say, 20 hours, 25 hours a week, right? So with that, I my kids' summer schedule was kind of like up in the air, right? Because I kind of had to like hodgepodge together. They go to a private school. And so the public school district's different. And so like, I was really having a hard time finding like a summer camp or summer childcare, right? And so I kind of found one solution and then I didn't find another solution. And then I kind of had like three weeks of the summer that still wasn't covered for childcare. And if you're a mama, you may have felt this before, or if you're a dog mama, right? And you're finding dog, dog daycare for your doggie. Like I really felt like, shoot, what am I going to do? And I probably had put about eight hours this summer into like researching camps, but it really felt like some of them were like only nine to noon or some of them, like my kids are different ages. So it was only for one or each or the other. Right. And I felt like I was working, 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 but not getting the result that I wanted. Okay. I'm going to tie this to business in a minute. So I'd done this a few times this summer and then like really wasn't making traction, right? And then yesterday I put about two more hours into it, Googling and searching for summer camps, right? And then I got to a place where I felt like in my heart, it started to be a little striving. I started to feel a little desperate. I started to feel a little bit frustrated. I started to feel a little bit like, oh, the solution isn't coming. I'm doing all this action and it isn't coming. Have you ever felt like that before? in something in your life or business where you feel like I'm doing the work, I'm showing up, I'm putting in the effort, I'm giving it my all and I'm starting to feel desperate, discouraged, frustrated. That's how I started to feel yesterday with this. So I knew that was my cue because I knew that feeling within me, 
I knew that feeling within me. And I knew at that point, if I kept taking action from the energy, it wasn't going to be useful. So I stopped and I surrendered it. And for me, I'm a big faith person. So for me, I said, okay, God, I need you to figure it out. Like, I feel like I'm doing my part. Help me out. I need your help for you. If you don't believe in God, it might be the universe surrendering it to the universe. Right. But I'm a big fan in life, in business, really straddling. Mike Dooley has this beautiful triangle exercise. I did a blog post and I can share with, with you guys, but it has this beautiful analogy of a triangle where you write on one side, your job on the other side, the universe's job. Right. And so for me in the moment, as I was looking for summer childcare for my kids, that was me saying, I did my job. Now I'm going to surrender the rest. And I think that's so useful to do with everything in our business. As we know, what's our job, what's in our control, what can we handle? What can we manage? What can we do? And what are some things that are honestly just beyond our control, right? This morning, continuing the story (laughs) this morning, one of my daughter's friends, moms texts me and was like, what are you doing for these months? You know, there's the center up here and basically told me about, um, a childcare situation. That's going to be literally perfect. Like I could not have planned it any more perfect. And I looked at that text and I said, thank you to that mama. And plus my daughter gets to be with her friend, which she loves. Right. And I was like, that was it. That was the solution. And I really feel like It sounds crazy, but I feel like in those moments where I have done that surrender, the solution always comes. I feel like God always, always shows up for me in that moment. And especially as a single mama, I feel like I have to surrender and trust God for so much, right? Because the opposite of that is burning yourself out. Like yesterday I could have, I already Googled for two freaking hours, right? I could have kept Googling. I could have kept pushing. I could have kept striving, right? But I think I'm really good at noticing those moments especially on the way to big goals, especially on the way to big desires. Okay. So let's tie it to you in something that you're working on. Maybe it's like hitting a certain month. Maybe it's like hitting your first 10 K month, right? Maybe it's hitting your first five K month. Maybe it's hitting your first 40 K month, right? Whatever it is. Maybe it's fully booking with clients, right? Whatever is that goal and intention. Can you do that exercise and ask yourself, what's your job to do on your side of the triangle, right? Maybe if it is getting fully booked with clients, right? Maybe it is showing up visibly three times a week on Instagram or whatever platform you're using, right? Maybe it is pitching sales calls, right? Are you doing your actions and are you surrendering the rest? For example, something you might need to surrender is like who sees your social media content? Like we can't control that, right? We cannot control if our sales calls convert or not, which sounds crazy because you know that I coach on sales, right? But at the end of the day, all we can do is show up to a call, give our best, show up with heart, with honesty, with integrity, with intention, with fire, and then trust that the right people are going to sign and the right people aren't, right? We can't control who signs up to our programs and who doesn't, right? So I think that was just such a reminder for me. And what I wanted to talk to you about today was that tension, right? So I just had this like gut feeling that I like needed to share this story. And so if some of you guys are frustrated on the way to meeting your big goals, right? If some of your big goals are taking longer than you'd like them to, this message is for you, right? I kind of wrote a few words around this, right? So this is like this duality between effort and waiting, work and surrender, intention and trust. I did something on Instagram stories this week too that talked about independence versus dependence, 
right? And both of these things are so important. It's so important that we do both, right? But I find often as heart-centered women, if you're like me, often we'll err on the side of the effort, of the work, of the intention, of the independence, and the muscle we really need to flex, ironically, is the waiting, the surrender, the trust, the dependence, right? Because at the end of the day, and this is why so many of my clients are able to get such amazing results in such a few short amount of time, is because your effort, your work, your intention does not have to be crazy. It does not have to, you don't have to work a lot of hours. You just have to work potent, right? Did an Instagram post on this too, where we, I really talked about working as you grow your business, you don't really need to work harder. In fact, it kind of gets easier in some ways, but you do have to work braver, right? What do I mean by that, right? Maybe instead of like spending two hours researching and call a business, not trying to call you out, but maybe I am. Instead of spending two hours online researching, you spend 10 minutes writing a really heartfelt post and you actually post it on social media, right? That's the difference, right? The brave work Usually, instead of spending an hour cleaning your email inbox, it's spending 15 minutes to send that one pitch email, right? Often, our brave actions are money-making actions, our marketing and sales type actions, right? But it's really getting clear on, are you doing your part or are you avoiding it, right? And that's okay. Like, I think it's like giving yourself credit. Like, this is brave work. Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart, right? Entrepreneurship is vulnerable, is challenging. We had an amazing conversation in the Soul Heart Mastermind last week around what is entrepreneurship? Who do you think is born? Is someone born to be an entrepreneur? The whole like nature versus nurture thing. And I really feel like the consensus of so many women in the mastermind was it isn't something you're born with. It's something you decide. It's something you choose. It's if you're willing to be resilient, if you're willing to stick in there, right? I'm obsessed with the podcast, How I Built This. It's a bunch of like founder stories of entrepreneurships and businesses. And all of the stories are like, my first seven businesses failed. I was in a ton of debt. I had bankruptcy. Like, it's like, I think we think we see these polished, shiny stories and we forget that there is so normal to struggle. It's normal to be challenged, right? And that's why so much I love Sell With Heart Mastermind is because you're able to see behind the scenes, not just the shiny of other women that have successful, profitable businesses, that it's not all like roses and sunshine all the time, right? And you don't make yourself wrong for that, right? Um, okay. So back to that entrepreneurship conversation, I really feel like, you know, and maybe you're even thinking this lately, right? Am I born to be an entrepreneur? Was I made for this? Right. I really feel like at the end of the day, everyone has it in them to be an entrepreneur. It's just a choice. (laughs) If you're willing to stick in there, if you have the grit, if you have the resilience, if you have the desire, right. To, to go at it and do it on your own and believe and do the mindset work and believe that your success is inevitable. Believe that you're going to figure it out. Be willing, being willing to stick it in there, being willing to take massive shifts, right? Being willing to put your, I mean, it's just entrepreneurship is the biggest like ego sacrifice in the world, right? Being willing to fail, right? Being willing to be wrong, right? Being willing to make mistakes. And the beautiful thing is I feel like entrepreneurship makes you a better human too. I feel like for sure entrepreneurship has made me a better mama, (laughs) right? A better woman. Um, But it, it is refining. It's a fire. Entrepreneurship is a fire. And so 
for those of you that are willing to like be in there and stick in there. And like Brene Brown says, like be in the arena. I'm just giving you the biggest high five and biggest virtual hug, especially if it's been a hard week. Like just imagine for a minute, like us, or maybe even someone that you loved, like just embracing you. Right. And I think this is where we need to like speak to our like inner little girl and tell her like, I am so proud of you. What would you say? Why don't you even like pause this right now and like say for a minute or even journal and brainstorm out. Like, what would you say to your inner little girl? What would you say to your 12 year old from where you are right now? You know, I think so often our brain looks for the negative where we're like screwing up what we've, what we were, we've yet to come right. Instead of how far we've come, how far you've come, how proud are you of yourself, right. For doing the path that most people don't do. That's okay. Not everyone has to do entrepreneurship. I'm not, I don't feel like entrepreneurship is like better than a day job. Right. But I do feel like entrepreneurship is the braver, harder, riskier choice. And so if that is your choice, giving you credit, right, for being an entrepreneur, can you even own that? Like, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm so proud of myself, right? Okay, so let me do this exercise and then let me get back to talking about when things take longer than we'd like them to, too, in that surrender piece. But like, I just want to do this exercise in front of you for a minute. I haven't like really planned this, but I think this will be useful, right? I'm going to model like what I would say to my 12-year-old girl, <laughs> my 12-year-old Anna. And I would love for you to do this exercise too and share it with me, whether it's via email or DM, right? But give yourself permission to either record on your phone on the audio app or write it out but write that message, right? Write it and um, just spend some time deciding. Okay, so if I were to talk to my 12-year-old girl, I would say, I'm so proud of you, right? As a 12-year-old, like in my early years, I did a lot of um, creative projects. I did a lot of creative writing, right? But it kind of looked like, like I remember I made, like I called it like Friendship Magazine and I would like compile stories from my friends and I would have my mom take me to Office Depot and I would, um, on, do you remember Office Depot? Who remembers Office Depot? But I don't know, are they still open? But I would have, I would pick the, the light purple violet paper and I would have her print off copies of friendship magazine that I would make. Cause I had moved elementary school. So all my friends were kind of splintered apart and I would put them in manila envelopes and shift them up to my friends. Later, I had another iteration called Anna times and it was a newspaper, <laughs> a little newspaper with like, do you remember like Microsoft word used to have like templates. There was like a newspaper template. So I would write articles. Um, and I, my sister, I sold my sister advertising space in Anna times. I think she paid 50 cents to sell her like little like rain sticks made of like toilet paper tubes. Anyway, I digress. But I, I think I would tell that little Anna that I am, I'm really proud of her, right? That like all those little tiny ventures and dreams and desires and like all the creativity that I had as a child, like I really didn't have any template for entrepreneurship. Like my parents weren't entrepreneurs, you know? And like, I feel like I really, like when I made that like crux decision to quit my job when I was pregnant with my daughter, like I really felt like I... I, I wasn't quite sure if it was the right decision, but it was my best guess. I remember feeling that too at my divorce, right? Like I've given it my all, you know, I'm burnt out. Like this is it. Like, I feel like any big decision, I try to get myself to 90%, right? Cause I'm a very deep intentional thinker. And then once I'm at 90%, I like pull the trigger, right? And I think like, I'm really proud of the Anna that decided to pull the trigger and do entrepreneurship and the Anna that decided to continue again and again and again 
when things were hard, when programs didn't sell, when things didn't look like they were working, when a client was frustrated, like when those, like those little things happen, you know? And I just want to tell like my 12 year old girl that like, you're going to surpass your wildest dreams. Like not in maybe some of the ways that you think. I didn't really have a career aspiration as a child. Like I didn't really ever say like, I want to be a teacher. I want to be a doctor, you know? But I think I knew I wanted to like to, to help people, right? Which is probably why I ended up choosing mental health therapy for my career. But I think I would tell her that like, I'm, I'm proud of you and you did it. And also like, even if you didn't, I would still be proud of you, right? I think I, I'm really blessed in that. Like I grew up in a home where there was like a lot of love and acceptance, but I know for my clients where there wasn't that like unconditional loving environment, you really have to work harder, right? To come to that place of love and acceptance. Okay, going back to when things take longer than we'd like them to, right? Um, I, I touched on this a little bit, but I want to talk a little bit about creative action versus passive action. I hinted on this a little bit when I talked about making sure that the actions that you are doing are like potent actions, right? So that when you do surrender, when you do unplug from your business, when you aren't working, you know that the actions that you took were good enough, right? You've heard me talk about this before too, but like, I think it can get dangerous when we start celebrating our outcomes more than we celebrate our action, right? So for me, for example, like when I'm in the middle of a launch, right? I have little things that I do, right? Like I want to post on stories. I want to send some invites, right? I try to check off those metrics, right? And really intentionally choose those metrics. Again, those metrics aren't like empty my email inbox, right? Those metrics are pitch people, show up, sell, right? And then once I do those metrics, I celebrate myself and I feel satisfied and I feel content because I feel like I did my part. I feel like I did my job. And then I really feel like I can surrender the rest to God or the universe, right? So creative action versus passive action, right? Creative action are those actions that you feel vulnerable and or scared to do right? Creative action is you putting yourself out there, you putting your heart out there. It might look like writing a heartfelt social media post. It might look like being on live. Like it often looks like visibility, whether it's public visibility or private visibility, right? Doing like private pitches or public pitches, right? Often these actions are sales type actions. And I think it can be fun to look at them as creative action, because I feel like when we put ourselves out there on social media, in the interwebs, right? it can feel vulnerable. And I think we make it wrong instead of being like, of course this feels vulnerable because this is my creativity, right? For those of you that are like design designers, like website designers, for example, when you do your work with your client, when you design a website, when you design a logo, that's a creative artwork. That's a creative piece of art, right? So of course it's going to feel vulnerable because you're like putting your art out there on display for the world to see, right? Same thing when you're getting visible as you were doing a training, that's a piece of art, right? Of course it's going to be a little bit imperfect. All art is different and unique, right? Every brushstroke is going to have some imperfection in it. And so I think like really thinking about it as creative action, money-making action is useful because then you don't expect it to be perfect. You expect it to be vulnerable and that's okay, right? And I think as you grow your business, really challenging yourself, how do I get braver and braver in my creative action, right? And then 
And obviously the passive action is fine. It's fine to learn. It's fine to clear your email inbox, right? But just making sure that you're maximizing, especially during your high energy times, right? So maybe in the morning, maybe when your kids are at the babysitter, right? You are doing those creative actions when you have the most time. Um, doing those creative actions, right? That way, when you unplug, for example, tonight, I'm super excited. I am going to do a massage and facial, but I know I'm going to enjoy that massage and facial because I know I'm going to do my most potent marketing actions. And then when I unplug and unwind for my business, I really feel like I can show up and hang out with my kids guilt-free. I feel like I can show up with that massage and, and feel good about it. Not that we have to work to feel good, right? But I do think it's useful to make sure that your actions are potent. That way you're not thinking about your business when you're not working, right? You know, I did my part. I did my metrics. I did my tasks. And now my job is actually to not think about work. My job is to actually unplug. My job is to unwind. My job is to not check social media, right? So that when you come back to it, your energy is potent and not drained, right? And really seeing the fun you have, the money you spend, the life that you live, enjoying your actual damn life as a money-making action, right? As that mindset. Because I know for me, Kind of like as a mom, when I'm fulfilled as a mama, when I'm fueled as a mama, uh, like in my personal life, I'm a more patient mom, right? Same thing with my business, right? When I feel like I am able to unplug from my business, right? When I come back to it, I've got excitement. I've got energy. I've got an idea, right? But if your notifications are on on your phone, if you are checking your email 24-7, right? If you're always thinking about marketing, clients, right? then of course, work is going to feel like there's no start and stop. It's going to feel like there's no end. It's going to feel like draining and exhausting. And so there's never a fresh energy. And so really remind yourself and tell yourself the time you spend unplugged from your business is important, is for your business, is fueling, is a money-making action, right? Unplugging with intention really for me, makes me a ton of money, right? I really tie, as I do my money mindset work too, I really tie to like the happier I am, the more money I make, right? It's safe to spend money on myself. It's safe to spend money on my happiness, right? So fully doing your actions, right? And I would maybe even ask yourself, which do I need to do better at? Making the time I spend in my business more potent or making the time I don't spend in my business more refreshing, right? Otherwise what happens is like, the, the actions that you're doing aren't potent and aren't really working or aren't really brave actions or kind of just stalling you out. It's that feeling. I feel like I'm always working and nothing's going no anywhere. I feel like I'm spinning my wheels, right? Or what happens is we don't have free time. We don't have time to unplug. We don't have time to refresh, right? So maybe put your hand on your heart and ask yourself, which do I need more of in the season to be more intentional with my work? Or to be more unplugged when I'm unplugged. And of course we need both, but I really feel like it's useful to ask yourself, like, what's the bigger intention? Because when you do one, the other one will happen, right? If you're more intentional and potent about your work hours, you're going to be a little more exhausted more quickly. And then you're going to need to unwind, right? If you unwind and unplug with intention, when you come back to work, you're going to have fresh energy. You're going to be excited, right? So I think they're so intertwined, but just pick one to focus on right now, which makes more sense for you. Okay, my loves. The one final point I want to say on this is around goals and an, another conversation around like if things are taking longer than you'd want to them to is to really ask yourself, are your goals appropriate? What I mean by that is based on what they are. Sometimes I encourage my clients to make their goals smaller or bigger, right? If your goal is so big, 
you've probably heard me say this before, right? That it feels so out of reach and so debilitating. You may not even be taking action toward it. We needed to make, to feel somewhat realistic your goal, right? I'm going to talk about this when we do the income ceiling breakthrough challenge too, right? But the goal of your income ceiling breakthrough is that you break through your current income ceiling, right? So if your highest month to date was 8K, your job is to hit a 9K month, right? If your highest month today was 3K, your job is to hit the 4K month, right? If your highest month today was 20K, your job is to hit the 22K month, right? You're just breaking your own ceiling. I remember I moved, I think I moved one of my client's goals. It was, she was trying to hit 7K months, but she hadn't yet hit like a, a 5K month, right? I think she was like at 4K. So I really encouraged her to make her income goal 5K to really break through that, right? And she was like, that's scarier though, because it's more realistic and I feel like I could actually do it, right? We So sometimes we need to make our goals smaller so that they're more doable, right? I also sometimes think we like sabotage our goal by like moving it right before we hit it instead of letting ourselves hit it and celebrate that, right? The other thing is sometimes you need to make your goal bigger. Your goal may not excite you, right? Is your goal big enough where it's a challenge, where it's a stretch, where it's exciting? Because I think as entrepreneurs, the reason we got into this is because we like the challenge. We like the the drive. We like that to be fueled, right? We don't want to work for someone else. We want to work for ourselves and we want to um, like have that freedom. We want to have that challenge. We want to have that like carrot in front of us, right? Okay. Hope this was useful as you are thinking through this and just sending you the biggest hug, sending you the biggest hug as you are navigating whatever challenges you're coming your way. You are not alone. Um, and just want to tell you, I feel like this message is for you. You're in the right place. You're in the right place. Things are happening at the perfect time for you. You can trust yourself. You can trust your path. You can trust your journey. Even if it feels like other people are moving slower than you, faster than you for a minute. Like just imagine put blinders on your eyes, kind of like a horse when they put like those little blinders on the side so that the horses don't get distracted, put some blinders up. Maybe that means you need to unsubscribe from some emails or unfollow some people on social, but what blinders do you need to put up so that you can stay focused on your path, right? Because even the phrase things taking longer than you'd like it to is so subjective, right? Because there is no one right path, right? There's no one, like we say like, oh, this is taking longer than I wanted it to probably as compared to someone else, or often what I see women do comparing themselves to a past version of them, right? Maybe before you had kids or before you had a chronic illness or whatever, right? Instead of like, there is no taking too long. And when we release that, when we surrender the timeline, here's the thing, right? So often we plan for like, what if I don't meet the goal or what if the goal takes longer than I expect it to, but what if you surpass your goal? What if it happens even faster than you think, right? And it sounds so crazy, right? But when we surrender that timeline and you get locked in on meeting the goal, right? Whatever it is, like filling your group program with 20 people, right? Or hitting your first 10K month or your first 40K month, right? When we stay locked in on that goal, And we release the timeline when we surrender, even though we wanted to happen yesterday, right? (laughs) When we surrender that timeline, it happens faster. And I know that's so irritating, right? But I think we do this thing where like, if I, I'm going to hit 10K this month. And if I don't, then I'm going to quit, 
right? Instead of like, no, I'm going to keep working at it until I hit 10K, period, end of story. I'm going to keep going and I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to shift and I'm going to innovate. When we have that energy of like, "Mm, that's okay. Like if the launch doesn't work this time, I'm just going to launch again, right? I always tell my clients, like as they're launching courses, can you get locked in on this is your million dollar course, right? Not like I'm going to launch this course one time. And then if no one signs up, then I'm like never going to launch a course again. Instead of like, no, this is my million dollar course. Whether two people buy it this time or 12 people buy it this time, I don't care because it's out there and I'm just going to keep relaunching it. And I'm just going to keep getting better. And I'm just going to keep filling it with more and more people, right? When we're locked in, I'm like, "Mm, no, this is going to work. Or, you know, that affirmation that I did at the start of my business that so served me, which is my success is inevitable, right? When we get that, not only do your goals happen faster, but you start surpassing your goals, right? I think I told you the story. I was working for a really long time on like finally crossing the like 20K month threshold, right? And then I can't remember what it was, but I was like, I wasn't hitting it. And then finally I like went way past it. I think it was like 28K or something like that, right? And I see that to my clients a lot of times when they have an income goal, right? And so it's giving yourself permission. Like we think we want that thing so bad, but open yourself up to two, things. Number one, it happening faster or longer than your timeline. We're such like control freaks, right? Maybe I can talk for myself, right? What if something, when we release the timeline, that means letting it take longer if it needs to and not making yourself wrong, but also means letting it happen faster, right? Like, can you be willing to, we, we don't want to surrender control because we don't want to like fail often, right? But remembering surrendering control means that you may fail on the way, but it also means that you succeed way faster than you thought, right? That it happens faster, that you make more money. And we think that we want that, but sometimes I think we don't because we're so tied to that piece of control, right? Instead of really trusting yourself and letting go of that timeline, right? So I want you to even tell yourself right now, what's that goal you're working on right now? Whether it's a certain income month, whether it's a certain amount of clients, um, what's that goal that you're working on? What's that number you're moving towards? And can you release the timeline? Can you, I remember at the start of my business when I was fully booking for the first time, I remember telling God, I'm going to do this until I get fully booked. I hope that this happens before I go on maternity leave and I have a baby, right? But I'm going to do this until I figure out how to make it work. Like really showing up with the energy of like, I don't care if it takes five years to build my coaching business because I'm going to figure it out, right? And I feel like that's what helped it happen so fast is I was like, when, and the, the reason that this works, right? Is because then when little things come up, little roadblocks, which of course they do little baby failures. You're not like, Oh, that's a sign. I need to change everything. I need to second guess everything. I need to spiral and spin for four days. You know, I need to, um, change my whole business. I need to quit. Business wasn't made for me. Right. Instead of like, okay, there's a roadblock. There's a failure. There's an issue. Let me solve that and get on my merry way. Cause this is mine. Right. Does that make sense? Right. Why, how that mindset makes such a big difference. Right. Um, okay. I don't even know why I digressed onto that. Oh, um, but I think it was just like giving yourself permission, right. To when things take longer, really ask yourself, why am I telling it this myself, the story that is taking longer, right. And affirming for yourself, I'm at the right place. This is my perfect time. I'm on the path. I'm on no one's path, but me, I'm trying to PR, right. I'm trying to PR because really at the end of the day, right. Comparing yourself to others is going to hold you back because you're going to fly past them, sister, right. It is time to start playing it bigger. It is time to expand. It is time to start playing in the big leagues and you're only going to do that. If you put on your blinders, right. 
if you can literally imagine putting on those blinders, because right now it feels like people are ahead of you, right? But eventually it'll feel like people are behind you and we still want those blinders on. It's just like, what's that phrase? I think, I can't remember who said it, but it was just really good. And it talked about like, people try not to take positive um affirmation too seriously from others because then when it becomes negative then you take it seriously too right it's that same thing whether people are ahead or behind or like it doesn't really matter all that matters is your path and that you're headed to the right direction okay my loves happy friday Thanks for hanging out today. Please hit that subscribe button so you can make sure to stay updated anytime a new episode drops. And I would love for you to join me in my free Facebook community. It's called The Heart-Centered Entrepreneur. We discuss the podcast episodes. I regularly go live and do free trainings. And you may even meet your newest biz bestie. So you can join at heartcenteredcommunity.com. It's absolutely free. And I cannot wait to see you in there.